welcome to Two Boomer Women. I'm your host, Agnes Knowles. I've been talking with Boomer women for almost a decade now. (laughs) Well, I guess I've been talking to Boomer women all my adult life. Uh, Reinventing myself several times along the way, though, but always focused on us, Boomer women. With this incarnation of Two Boomer Women, I'll be interviewing other women who have a message of interest for our demographic. If you want to hear about or learn about something specific, let me know and I'll find someone who understands us to talk about it. There's a contact page at twoboomerwomen.com. If you want to be a guest on Two Boomer Women, bring it on. There's an application form at the website, too. Finally, this show is all about conversation. We women know its value. We know how to do it and we must perpetuate the art form. So, let's get started with today's show. Welcome to the Two Boomer Women Podcast. I'm your host, Agnes Knowles. Today's episode is the third in a sort of related series we've had going on for the last few weeks. Two weeks ago, my guest was a woman who, after much soul-searching and discussion with her husband, pulled the plug on a job in a toxic workplace. Now, part of that discussion, though, was the thought that some women can't afford to be without income for even a short while to transition to something else. My guest last week works with women who want to transition to entrepreneurship. She discussed some of the bumps you might encounter along that path so that if you did experience any of those bumps, you'd realize it was normal and find help and not give up. My guest today helps people be more effective and engaged at work, or even to change careers. Many boomers still have 10 or more years in the workplace, and to spend them feeling more energized, more fulfilled and confident about the future is a great way to spend them. Kathleen Wolf, welcome to the Two Boomer Women podcast, and thank you for being here. Agnes, thank you so much for having me. I'm so delighted to be with you. Now, I'm not sure I gave uh, gave you enough uh, introduction. I don't think I did it quite adequately. Can you tell our listeners more about you, uh, about your company, what you do, please? Sure. Uh, I am Kathleen Wolf. I am the Chief Experience Officer at The Purpose Partners. But my story started years ago. I spent 25 years at a Fortune 100 company, uh, mostly in branding, marketing, and communications roles, acting as what I called myself an entrepreneur on the inside of a large company. I was often tapped when the organization wanted to start up something new or they had an area within the company that needed to rethink the way that the function approached the business. But there came a point in my career where around the, around the age of 45, my mentor came to me And she said, you know, Kathleen, will you try to hang on or will you figure out what's next for you? And that was really harsh for me because uh, I felt like I was innovating and bringing new ideas and loving my work. But I started to realize she was right. Uh, The company that I worked for didn't have many women over 50. And so uh, I spent a few years then getting clear about what energized me, understanding my natural talents and the value that I could bring to others. So I'm excited to say that I formed my own consulting company. And five years later, I'm helping organizations and individuals, mostly women, 
uh, really create growth opportunities by understanding their strengths, defining their purpose, and creating a plan to make their work more meaningful. Well, I think in our last discussion, you and I touched on that subject of no women over 50 or very few in the workplace, and that's a whole nother episode. But I will continue here with this one. On your website, you say you guide clients discovering their unique strengths and implement a customized strategy that turns obstacles into transformational experiences. And obviously, I copied and pasted that because I couldn't say all that just winging it. Now, even in life, I think we could all do with learning how to turn obstacles into transformational experiences. We'll stick to the business world for this episode. But can you explain sort of what that means? Maybe a few examples? Sure. So I think that we could all relate to obstacles or, or even transitions. I hear, you know, the, the term reinvention. And, uh, you know, it's so critical for career professionals to make sure that they're, they're relevant. And so, you know, we've all encountered obstacles. The key really is to address them and find a way to overcome them. So that's why I talk about transitions into transformations. And, you know, I, I think specifically about one of my, one of my clients who's a solopreneur, he had this wonderful e-commerce business and this dynamic story behind why he started the business, but he wasn't clear on his brand or communications. So I use what I call my experience ecosystem. It's a framework that I put together based on what I learned what not to do, as well as what I learned was effective for brands, organizations, and individuals to to really approach their transformation. So this client specifically, we got to understand their point of differentiation, what what they brought that was unique. We got clear on his purpose and we built his brand around it. And so now he can tell a a, a consistent story. And I'm happy to say that last year during COVID, when a lot of businesses faltered, we were able to implement a new website and his, his brand grew over 52% in a down year. Wow, that's amazing. Another, another example, and this one is really near and dear to my heart. It's a lady who, who worked at a company for over 30 years. And she was frustrated because all of these people that she had mentored were passing her by. And in fact, she started reporting to one of them and, and she needed help. And last year during the pandemic, I added this area of focus to my business. It's a course called Creating Career Momentum. And within this course, I was able to help this lady regain her confidence. She had lost her confidence. And I'll tell you that corporate jobs tend to suck the confidence right out of you. And so, you know, she just wasn't sure. And in my heart, I knew that she had to get prepared because she had been there, she was over 50, and people were passing her by. And yet she still had so much to offer. So we defined her strengths, 
and wove that language of strength into her resume and into her personal communications. And at one point, when we first started working together, she said, well, I feel guilty because I feel as if I'm, I'm cheating on my company. But we were able to transition that feeling into empowerment. And she actually came across a, a wonderful job opportunity. And I'm excited to say that with this newfound confidence and her updated resume, she not only put her name in for the job, she got it, and it is a great use of her talents. You made an interesting comment there, and it reminded me that just recently, uh, a young man of my acquaintance said to me, uh, as he came out of a Zoom call, he said, well, nothing like having to train a room full of people that make twice as much as you. So, you know, he had all this knowledge, but none of the higher ups, the middle management did. So it's sort of interesting. Now, you said corporate jobs suck the confidence out of you. You had a great solution, which obviously worked for this woman. A lot of women I talk to find that those corporate jobs they, they suck the energy out of you. They suck the joie de vivre out of you. Like that, that, that all that enthusiasm you brought to the job 25 years ago, it's, it's gone. Does, does it work the same way for that person? Well, and again, I was in that, that spot myself. And even though I was still energized because I found ways to, to build up my confidence on my own, I do run into a lot of people, especially women, who don't feel appreciated anymore. Their roles do suck the confidence out of them. And so we have to make it a priority to energize ourselves, make sure that we're relevant, make sure that we're investing in our own personal and professional development so that we don't get caught being reliant on that company who is just taking that, that energy right out of you. I think that's a really good point because I think as we get older and we're comfortable, whether we're comfortable or just doing our job and know we're good at it, keeping current and make sure you're, you know, cutting edge on at least a few aspects of that job is a really good idea. And yeah, and I can see where that would be so important. Now, are the steps to changing careers way more complex than learning how to feel more effective in your current job? So I've helped people, you know, whether they're trying to be more effective in their current job, whether they're preparing to ask for a promotion, or also uh, preparing to start a plan B or start their own entrepreneurial journey. Obviously, you know, getting to that plan B or starting something completely from scratch is a little bit more complicated. But what I would say is that there is this common foundation. You have to understand your strengths. So you know what your natural talents are. Because once you understand your, your strengths and you name them, then you can start to aim them into what you really want to do. And, and when you aim them at what you want to do, it energizes you and it gives you this confidence, uh, you know, knowing what's important to you so that you can also know the value that you bring and the impact you make. 
So, you know, when you were talking just moments ago about, you know, not really sure, well, we need to be confident in the value and the impact that we make. And and most of us through our experience have this talent that is immeasurable. We need to lean into it. I'm wondering if we can abort this podcast and you can just give me a session. No, I'm just <laughs> you know what? I'd be happy to. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, we'll do it afterwards. Now, you've talked about strengths. H- how do people learn more about their strengths and, and what do they do about their weaknesses? Yes. So, uh, and, and I'm advising my clients based on a system that I used for myself and have used several times with others. And one of the, the ways that I have found to determine your strengths with certainty is using the Gallup Clifton Strengths Assessment. And what that does is it asks you a series of questions and the outcome of that assessment, you understand your top five and your top 10 strengths And the idea behind it is that these strengths are things that come natural to you. And and oftentimes when when I give my clients the report out, they're like, well, I never thought about that because, you know, I just did it. And so strategic happens to be one of my strengths. And when I first uh, got that result, I was like, ah, you know, it gave clarity to what I just thought came natural. And so I use the Clifton Strengths Assessment. It, it allows you to, to name those talents that you have and, and use that language to communicate your value to others. You know, the question about weaknesses is interesting because, you know, I, I can balance my checkbook. I can, you know, do a financial spreadsheet but I loathe that. So you can see that, you know, that would be one of my weaknesses. And, you know, try as I might, I can continue to to get better at finance and finance, but I would put so much effort into overcoming my weaknesses that it starts to drain energy from me. So behind the theory of Gallup and Clifton Strengths assessment is you go all in on your talents, those natural strengths, because those are the things that are going to provide you energy. And, you know, you cover your weaknesses by surrounding yourself with others whose talents overcome your weaknesses. So go all in on your strengths is my advice. Well, and I think um, the likes of Richard Branson say the exact same thing. So you must be onto something. (laughs) At, uh, yeah, because he's often said he surrounds himself with people who are smarter than him. And I don't know if they're smarter than him, but they cover off everything he can't. So, well, and I can say in my own business, the first person that I hired was a CPA because I was doing it for a while, but it, it actually took so much time that it kept me from those things that I was really good at. And, and if I could focus on the things that I was really good at, it helped me build my business. So it was worth it. Yeah. And, and I think you and I have um, a similar coach in our back pocket. 
And he recently said, uh, the first person that you should hire is probably a housekeeper. And I think, boy, exactly. You know, like, like, let's give our energy to, to what we want to do and not worry about whether the dishes are in the sink or not, you know. So, yeah, that's great. I remember another coach from a number of years ago would have us stop a couple of times during the year. And, and I don't know if it's just women or whether men do this also, but my experience with women is that we just get so used to being relatively capable in a number of fields that we don't, we forget that there's strengths. And, you know, if you start writing down things you have accomplished and done, suddenly you can go on for pages, like over the course of a year, there's a lot there. Yes. And I think that is a great exercise. A lot of times I start my workshops with A, and A is all about attitude and accomplishments. And so we need to write down our accomplishments so that we can readjust our attitude and know how great we are. Good point. Yeah, because, uh, yeah, I didn't even think about the attitude. But but even going over my own list, I remember going like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> you know, I have accomplished a lot and I can do a lot. You know, that's the other thing, too, is realizing how much we're capable of not just in volume, but in skill. Yes. Oh, that's great. What haven't I asked you? Like, I'm, I'm just thinking, it just seems so big that I, I don't even know where to begin. We've done strengths and weaknesses Is there another key component that I haven't asked you about? Well, the point that I would really like to stress is the power of being prepared. Because what I found early on in my life is that being prepared makes a big difference. If I could tell you a little bit about my personal story, I'm the youngest of six kids. My my oldest sister is 11 years older than me. And she was born in 1957. My mom was a teacher. And at that time, when you were a woman in the workplace, you couldn't be pregnant. So once they found out that my mom was pregnant, she had to quit work. And so I, I imagine that it was about 18 years that my mom was out of the workforce taking care of six kids. And uh, one day my dad came home and he said that he had had an affair with his secretary. So my mom's world and our whole world was blown up. And because she was out of the workforce for 18 years, she wasn't prepared. And because of that, we struggled. And so I didn't realize until last year what an impact that had had on my life and my approach. I just, I want women to be prepared because you can't always predict. I actually, I went through a divorce and I certainly didn't get married with the intention of going through a divorce, but because I was prepared financially with a sound, sound, solid, solid foundation, I was able to weather that storm and I was able to make the decision to leave that corporate job and pursue my passions because I was prepared. I knew the strengths that I had. I, you know, I had been networking. I knew the value that I could create for others. So, you know, 
don't wait until something bad happens, like you lose your job or you're asked to retire. Have a plan so that you can approach what's next with confidence and clarity versus, you know, confusion and panic. And, and really, the, the thing that I found in my research with professional women, almost 100 of 100 professional women, uh, I was surprised that many of them, the majority of them, hadn't updated their resume in years. That's a simple step that we can all take to help us be prepared. And in fact, you know, one of the things that I'm doing is I'm going to be hosting a free career clarity workshop in, in September where I want to help women dust off those resumes and get really clear about the value that they bring. And then also to be prepared for what's next. The first thought that came to mind when you were talking about your eldest sibling and your mom was women like your mom are the role models for boomer women. Most of our mothers did stay home. They were full-time homemakers, full-time mothers. I guess they're always full-time mothers, but they were full-time in the home, were not gainfully employed out of the home. And, and that was our role model. And... To a certain extent, especially for older boomer women, I think it was just what they followed in those footsteps. And it was only with awareness that I'm not this, I'm not casting that broad swath, but younger boomer women were going, okay, no, this is not all there is. And I'm darned if I'm going to quit just because I've had a child. And, you know, so they've continued on. And so, yeah, one thing that perhaps younger boomers and younger generations need to take away is exactly what you said is that being prepared um and, and in terms of a resume as you were speaking it just occurred to me that given the conversation we've had so far is people so often think of their resume as this is the job this is the job this is the job this is the job whereas there's so much more in terms of what you've learned what you've taken on um you know projects education, like all that stuff. Yes. And so, uh, you know, and, and there are many women who choose to stay home with their family and I applaud them for that, but how they can be prepared is by still understanding their strengths and then, you know, get involved in community activities or, you know, they have experience and experiences that they can bring value to others. So document those, be ready you know, whether it's losing a job or if you're, if you're at home, you know, losing a spouse, women need to understand, you know, where the money comes in, where it goes out, because, you know, I've also seen women be um, upended uh, when a spouse dies and they didn't know their, their own financial situation. So, you know, pay attention to those things. And be prepared. Yeah, I had a career in elder care, and I saw that exact scenario so often with the older generation of, you know, he took care of everything, all the finances, she'd basically get housekeeping money or 
I won't say an allowance, but it was basically an allowance. And she didn't know what was coming in or big picture expenditures, that sort of thing. So, yeah, so important. And I know with my own daughters, it's just like, <laughs> make sure you know what the whole house looks like, you know, the, the income, the outgone. But, um, yeah, just to be prepared. Yes. In corporate, it was, you know, the the big thing was always have uh, P&L responsibility. And, yes, that's nice. But the whole idea behind that is, you know, know what makes money and know where you spend money. And I think the same goes, goes true for whether you're in a corporate environment, whether you're in a small business or you're managing, you know, the CEO of your home. Yeah, no, absolutely. Do you have any pearls of wisdom, shall we say, for women who aren't happy with their job or their position, who are dreading the next 10 years or however many that they're, that those next 10 years are going to be just like or worse than the last 10, you know, like I, I do hear that of like, oh, I just don't know if I've got the energy. I just don't want to be there for 10 more years. Any pearls? I think you've given us tons of information. So, yeah, well, so, you know, what I would say is life is too short to stay in a job, to stay in a marriage, to stay in a relationship that doesn't bring out the best in you. You know, I'm looking at my board you can't see that on a podcast, but I have my, my mantra, trust your crazy ideas, because what that says to me is, you know, pay attention to what energizes you, because when you're energized by something, you're going to bring your best to that. So whether it's your current job, bring the best to it, whether it's, you know, planning for what's next in your professional life. Understand what energizes you so that you can bring your best to it. Understand your talents, define your purpose, because that also gives you guardrails and focus so that you don't spin your wheels and you can actually move forward. You know, that's your why. And then put a plan together to confidently create that meaningful career that you desire. Because I see so many people just walking through life. You want your life to have meaning. So, you know what? Live your legacy now. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, no no do-over, is there? No. <laughs> Make your mark. There you go. So a few more words about this Career Clarity Workshop. Do you have a sign-up page for that if somebody's interested? I don't have the sign-up page yet, but if you are interested, go to www.thepurposepartners.com. That's my website. And you can sign up for our newsletter, or uh, you can sign up for a experience exchange session with me where we can talk about an issue. Or you can also send me an email at kwolf at thepurposepartners.com. I'd love to, to hear from you. Good. Okay. So you, I was just about to ask where uh, listeners find you. So that's perfect. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's a tough one. Dissatisfaction with our jobs, our workplaces, it's all too common. So speaking to the listeners now, if you, uh, if that's you listeners, check out Kathleen's links. Um, I'll make sure they're in the show notes. So if they sign up for the newsletter, they'll get information about your career clarity workshop. Yes. Okay, great. Maybe I'll go sign up today. <laughs> 
I sure hope today's episode has shed some light on how to improve your workplace, your engagement therein, even if you're not satisfied with it, uh, or even if you're not dissatisfied with it. For the listeners, be sure to check out our last two episodes too, especially if you're unhappy in your nine to five. Um, hopefully between these three sessions, a solution will present, you know, and it, part of me regrets the fact that I've even had these three sessions that, you know, we can't have joy right to the end of our, our working nine to fives. If you have any comments on today's show, leave them where you listen to podcasts or go to twoboomerwomen.com forward slash join dash that dash conversation. Kathleen, just before we close, you said you were the chief experience officer. Do you ever get people on LinkedIn who say CEO contacting you about something else? You know, I haven't, you know, the whole idea is that I knew I was the founder. I didn't want to be a chief executive officer. I'm not the executive type, but I am the experience type. And so I love to create exceptional experiences for others, but I also like to call out the fact that my experience brings value to others. I'm proud of it. The reason I ask is because I, on my LinkedIn, I used to have chief inspirational officer, which is CIO. Yeah. And I was getting all sorts of systems people comment, they're contacting me. And I'm going, okay, time to change that because nobody knows what I mean when I put CIO. So uh, just, uh, I love it when people, you know, take a, an, what's it called? An anagram? Is that oh. what it's yeah, and acronym. Turn acronym. A acronym. Thank you. I yeah. get all those words, those, yeah, mixed up. Okay, so they take an acronym and, and just switch it up a wee bit to make it more interesting. Yes, but I also, you know, I loathe when people are on LinkedIn and they reach out to you when they haven't really paid attention to what you really do. <laughs> well, I hate to say it about LinkedIn, but I've had a few hello dears. Mm-hmm drives me crazy yeah anyways we're not going to or, or end on that note thank you for great information you know i think we've only just touched the tip of that proverbial iceberg and and i really hope a few listeners do sign up i may just check out this career clarity workshop too just because i love what you're doing and uh yeah it'd be nice to stay in touch i would i would love that i am inspired to empower women professional women and, and help them, you know, make their own mark. I, I love to help them turn these transitional stages into a transformative experience. Right. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Kathleen, and sharing so much great information. And have a great rest of the week. Thanks. It's my pleasure. We appreciate your time. 